You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2022 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Our great God, our dear loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise and we thank you for giving us this chance to, to talk about you, to talk about this beautiful gift, this beautiful privilege that you have given us to have this open communication between you and us. So Lord, I pray that as my sister said, that we might not take it lightly of how you desire, Lord, to spend time with your people and to talk to your people. Lord, may the anointing power of your Holy Spirit be upon us. Hide me behind your cross, Lord. And may it not be my words, it will all be your words, O Lord. And we pray that may our hearts be, be big enough to receive the blessings that you're about to impart to us. Pray all this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. Amen. Friends, if you notice that I'm wearing something beautiful here, <laughs> so if you want to have this, did you bring an extra? Oh, today is our last day. But uh, don't worry, go to her uh, booth, exhibit booth. Look at this, friends. It's a beautiful reminder. Love God supremely and love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so how many of you are... <laughs> yes, and, and I forgot as well to bring something, because for those of you who are living here around the area or in Michigan, friends, we will have faith camp this coming July 20 to 24, and it's an amazing time to come together, to fellowship. It's like, it's like Michigan camp meeting, but it's more intimate. It will, the speakers will all be missionaries coming from from the mission field. And I don't know about if you heard about the Tenkanos, the ones who spoke at GYC. They were former multimillionaires, but gave everything. What, what Brother Randy was singing about, gave everything and lived all for the glory of God. What booth do we go to for that? Oh, uh, Jesus for Asia and the bands. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jennifer knows how to do jailbreak. Okay. Yeah, faith, uh, in the main church, in the big church, in the campus. So it's going to be here. Yeah, the church. Not this one, not the gym, but the church on the road. So, Cedar Lake Church, a faith camp. Yeah, it's here. July 20 to 24. So you could pass by their booth later on and take the flyers because they have flyers. Do not miss it. We will be here as well. And guess what? We will have prayer time together as well. So uh, they're not so excited. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, September 24, we will have a prayer seminar. We'll have a prayer camp. I forgot about that. Thank you, Pastor. So if you want to sign up, just, uh, just pass the paper. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me, Pastor. I need to be reminded. So friends, what I share this, uh, this week was just a tidbit of what the Lord was really teaching us, the importance of prayer. And I think you got, you got the picture. And this is the, the picture that I always see when, when I study about prayer. It's really the Lord's desire to communicate with His people. It's really the Lord's desire for His church to take Him at His word. It's really the Lord's desire that He will be our first go-to, our first, our first reason to run to, the one that we should run to first, no one else, nothing else but Him. And I have seen this, I have read this again and again and again, Every time I read a devotional that really speaks to my heart, that God is really wanting His church to be entirely dependent on Him. And friends, if we are dependent on Him, no question, we would not even have to call for prayer. Everyone would have this, this culture of, let's come together, let's pray. Before we could go in any further with our discussion, with our arguments, what do we do? We pray. And friends, I love this beautiful reminder from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 717, paragraph 1. And friends, I told you that I'll share with you everything that I, that I, that I shared here, uh, and even the things that I was not able to share. So it will all be there. It will all be there. And even the morning devotionals that I've, that I've been sharing before our United Prayer, 
I'll be sharing it with you as well. From the first day up to, they said that uh, our, our United Prayer Pastor is only until tomorrow, but I, I suspect that it will be until Saturday. So even if they stop us praying, no one can stop us. We'll still pray there. Okay. <laughs> so listen to this thought. Patrick's and Prophets, page 717, paragraph 1, it says, The tenor of the Bible is to inculcate distrust of human power and to encourage trust in the divine power. Isn't this beautiful? This is the whole tenor of the Bible. This is the whole tenor of the Lord's desire for us to inculcate distrust in what you can do and to encourage full trust in what God can do. Can you say amen to that? Friends, a very simple reminder that God is giving us. Do not trust your power. Do not trust your ideas. Only trust His. Friends, just imagine if, the, if it's the Lord's ideas. It'll never go wrong. It'll never go sour. <laughs> You'll never ever be disappointed if it's the Lord's ideas. And this day, I'll just be sharing with you quotes that have really spoken to my heart. Because this quotes alone, this is such a profound a reminder for us of how important prayer is. Listen, it says here, We do not value the power and efficacy of prayer as we should. Would you agree? We do not value the what? The power and efficacy of prayer as we should. But it says here, Prayer and faith will do what no power on earth can accomplish. Amen? Friends, if this is our reality, if this is the reality of our families, of our ministries, of our churches, friends, just imagine what God can do. Just imagine, friends, of what will happen to the work that the Lord has left us. Ah, let us move on. It says here, there is a mighty, by the way, I, I skip all the, what's this, the references. I'll give it to you anyway. It says here, there is a mighty power in prayer. Our great adversary is constantly seeking to keep the troubled soul away from God. Our great adversary is what? Constantly seeking to keep the soul away from God. Friends, if our eyes will be open, we will see the battle the great controversy battle that is happening around us, we will not be confident going out of our bed and stepping out of our room without knowing that Christ is with us. We will not be so confident just brushing through our devotions and having a, a drive-through prayer time with the Lord and just leaving His presence. Friends, this is the thing that I, I realized. Most of us wanted to have a feast with Jesus, but we are just investing a drive-through type of experience. If we want a feast, then we should be hungry. Can you say amen? We should be desiring for it. It says here, in continuation with that, with that quote, that uh, remember the adversary is con constantly seeking to keep, us, to keep the troubled soul away from God, but an appeal to heaven by the humblest saint is more to be dreaded by Satan than all the decrees of cabinets and mandates of kings. <laughs> There's no reaction. <laughs> Let me read that again. An appeal to heaven by the humblest saint is more to be dreaded by Satan than the decrees of cabinets and the mandates of king. Amen. Friends, the enemy is not afraid by your resources. He's not afraid by the size of your church. He's not afraid by the talents of your young people. He's not afraid by the experience of your elder, your pastor, or the way he speaks. My dear friends, he's afraid when your church prays. He's afraid when he sees God's people realize their nothingness and fully depends on the one who could give us power. Friends, now you see why prayer is not so desirable. It's not so popular. It's the enemy who's trying to make us like, is trying to lull us. You can do it without prayer. You could just go through it without prayer. Friends, a little, a little confession here. Yesterday, before sharing with you, I was just, I'm thinking, 
Oh Lord, how am I going to get through this day? Because the night before, we came and visited our friends who were sick. So we gave them some uh, little natural medicine. And when we came back, Gabe and I went back around like 9.30 and we're planning, no, not 9.30, 10. Past 10, isn't it? Past 10. So we're planning to go to bed early. And we were not able to go to bed early, of course. It was almost 11. And the Lord woke me up, friends, at 3.24. 3.24. And I was wanting to spend time with God, but my brain was not really cooperating. Seriously, I was, I was, I was sitting down and I was reading and, and I could not consume what I was reading. So I went back like 10 minutes nap, came back up and now I could, I could somehow digest. But friends, I believe that God wanted to say more, wanted to give more, but my capacity was too small. So last night I told him after the primary, uh, talk with the kids. I have to go back to the dorm and sleep. And friends, make long story short, I was able to sleep at 9.40. 9.40. And this morning, the Lord woke me up at 3.20 before the rain began. Before the rain happened and when I heard the rain, I prayed for the campers. I prayed for the campers. And friends, you know what happened? He woke me up earlier, but this time my mind is so hungry. And I was just like soaking in his presence. Friends, the Lord desires for us to spend time with him. And if we are intentional about it, and if we plan our days, our, our whole day, with our main appointment in the morning, if we arrange our time before that happens, my dear friends, I believe we will receive more from God. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, going back to that, uh, before I continue on, I don't know if I shared with you what, uh, what we have learned the last time that we were in, in this Bible boot camp with, uh, with Pastor Don McLafferty. Did I share that? No. Okay, so uh, two months ago, we were in Chattanooga. We were having this uh, in discipleship boot camp, and I just want to share with you a little, a little tidbit of of what I I really gleaned from that. This this little tips it says here. Number one, every night honor Jesus as Lord by asking God to wake you the next morning, and have unrushed time alone with Him in prayer and Bible study. You hear this? Honor God by asking God to wake you up in the morning to have what? Unrushed time. Friends, have you noticed that our times are quite rushed? <laughs> uh, Drive-through devotions, <laughs> drive-through prayers, to have an unrushed alone time with Him in the morning with Bible study and prayer. And number two, every morning, make it your first priority to surrender all that you are and all that you have, including all your attitude, so Jesus can be Lord over it. Isn't this beautiful? Huh? Surrender. And then, every day, honor Jesus by your choices. And friends, I believe that I shared with you some of these verses, John 16, verse 13. But before that, every time you go to the Bible, friends, every time you go and read your Bible, Ask this question, what does this text tell me about Jesus? What does this text tell me about what? Uh, what have I read? What is this passage telling me about Jesus? And, and this is a beautiful reminder as well. From John 5 verse 39, he says, You search the scripture for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of whom? Me. So the scripture testify about whom? Jesus. So when we read a scripture, our first priority or our main goal is to look for Jesus. If we're reading the Bible and not looking for Jesus, then we're not maximizing it. If we're reading the Bible and not looking for Jesus, then, my dear friends, we are not, we're not going to be able to, to have the maximum experience that the Lord wants us to have. And it says, but you are not willing to come to me that he may have life. I'm thinking, Lord, but reading your word, 
You have not life? Friends, if we are not coming to Him, not having life. And I remember one time, I was reading the Bible just to prove that I'm right. I was reading the Bible to prove someone wrong. I was reading the Bible just to somehow get the blessing that I wanted for that day. But not Jesus. Friends, Jesus is inviting us. Look for me. Can you say amen? amen. And we don't have to look far. He's actually the one searching for us. <laughs> oh, so every purpose of our study should be Jesus. And Matthew 7, verse 7, this, this beautiful verse, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. Friends, remember the, the text that I shared with you last, I think the first day. In John 16, verse 13, it says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into what? All truth. And who is the truth? Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. So friends, the Spirit will lead us into whom? Jesus. In our search for Jesus, we are not alone. The Holy Spirit will lead us to get to know Jesus deeper. Isn't that exciting? And the more you get to know Jesus, my dear friends, all your fears will be minimized even washed away and now the spirit is promised to lead us to jesus and i'd like to i'd like to end it on this the, the, the seminar is not ended yet but just just the thought that uh, i'd like to share with you remember it says ask and it shall be given seek and you shall find friends it's quite interesting because when i started the prayer ministry this is one of the verses that that really speaks to me that really speaks to a very selfish asker <laughs> Remember, ask, it shall be given you. Knock and you shall find. Friends, as you go on with this verse, it's a beautiful promise. But when you reach 11, Matthew 7 verse 11, it says, If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. Friends, what is the main purpose of the Holy Spirit? To lead us to whom? Jesus. Friends, I was blown away. Ask and it shall be given you. All this admonition that Jesus is telling us is for you to have the Holy Spirit to get to know Him. Isn't this powerful, friends? Isn't this beautiful? What Jesus wants us to have is not just the answer for your question. What Jesus wants you to have is not just healing. It's not just peace that you are craving for. It's not just joy. Jesus wants you to have Him. And when you have Him, my dear friends, you long for nothing else. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't want anything else. <laughs> Can you say amen? Okay. So with that thought, friends, with that thought, when you have Jesus in your heart, then this next verse becomes real. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Even when the storms are hitting you, when you know Jesus, you can be still. When you know who's in the boat with you, you have nothing to worry. You can sleep as Jesus slept. As the waves and water, the thunder, the lightning, you can be like Jesus. Friends, you see here why Jesus is somehow wanting his church to depend fully on him and to ask of the Holy Spirit. It's so that we will have the peace that he has when the storm hits us. It's so that we will have joy in the midst of mourning. It's that we will still have love in the midst of hatred. Friends, we are living in a dark world right now, but we can be light. Can you say amen to this, friends? And what, right now when I look at this, when I look back, when I look back in the prayers that I've been praying, I'm thinking, oh Lord, those were just crumbs of what you desire to give me. Those were just like street food in comparison to the feast that is prepared for me. Oh, friends, Filipino feast. Okay. And friends, just imagine if you have 
that thing that the Lord was wanting you to ask, the Holy Spirit to get to know about Jesus, you could pray the prayer of David in Psalm 25 verse 4. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me into your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Oh, <laughs> and all the night too. <laughs> Did you hear this, friends? In you I can wait all the day. Friends, have you experienced walking with Jesus all throughout the day? Most of the time, we're holding Jesus and we're letting him go. Huh? Or the reality most of the time is we spend time with him in his room and in our room and then leave him there. We do not invite him to go to the school with us, to go to the office with us. And we just go on with life, carrying our own burdens, forgetting that God desires to carry our burdens. Oh, so... Let me go back to the quotes that I was reading. Remember, it says, there is a mighty power in prayer. Let's go to this next quote. Messages to the Young People, page 249 and 250. It says, prayer is the breath of the soul. Did not say bread or the garment or the water. It says breath. Prayer is the what? And we know this has always been repeated in the talk about prayer that air is so essential isn't it a prayer is so essential that you could not live without it in in minutes and as i was reading another book it's also the book that i shared with you last time living by faith it says there like the air that you breathe today will not be useful for tomorrow huh so you need to constantly breathe. Can you say amen? To continually breathe. It's not just like, I'm good for the day. Isn't that right? So sometimes we think that if we have started the day with this, I'm good. No, friends. The Lord wants us to continually communicate with Him. Just imagine, friends, if you have that thought all day long that God is walking with you, what joy would it be? And not just what joy to yourself, but you'll be sharing joy to the people around you. And who knows, you might infect others, other Adventists, that they'll be Gladventists too, that will have more smiles in our campuses. Can you say amen? <laughs> Friends, you know what? If we have Jesus in our hearts, the most smiling campus should be our camp meetings should be our churches. People would desire to go to our congregation because they see that joy. They would see that joy. Oh, friends, let us move on. It is the secret of spiritual power. What is the secret of spiritual power? Prayer. Prayer. Did you hear this? It is the secret of spiritual power. No other means of grace can be substituted to the and health of the soul be preserved. No other means can be substituted. No, whew, no other means, friends. Prayer brings the heart into immediate contact with the wellspring of life. You hear this? Immediate contact. It doesn't say, wait for a while and just line up. Line up because the queue is quite long. Like what Gabriel experienced yesterday. He queued for lunch at 12. He entered at 12.50 because of Sam's chicken. You know what's the good news? In God, you don't have a queue. The moment you bow down, you are in his presence. Can you say amen to that, friends? Isn't this beautiful? Huh? That's, that's just a beautiful thought that you do not have to line up, to queue up, to be in His presence. Oh, friends, again, let me, let me read that. Prayer brings the heart into immediate contact with the wellspring of life and strengthens the sinew and muscle of the religious experience. Woo! It strengthens the sinew and the muscle of the religious experience. Friends, those who are strongest in the Lord are the ones 
who are spending so much time in His presence. Oh, neglect the exercise of prayer or engage in prayer spasmodically now and then as seems convenient and you lose hold and you lose your hold on God. Wow. The next line, it says, this is from Christ Object Lesson, page 157, paragraph 3. There is no power in the whole satanic force that can disable the soul that trusts in simple confidence, in the wisdom that comes from God. In the wisdom that comes from whom? God. Friends, our, our tendency most of the time is to rely on our own wisdom, to rely on our own experience, or even in the wisdom and experience of the people that we look up to. Friends, that's, that's good, but there's a greater option. Rely on Him. In Christ, there is perfect and complete help for every tempted soul. Dangers beset every path, but the whole satanic, but the whole universe of heaven is standing on guard. Dangers beset every path. But this is one beautiful fact that you should not forget. But the whole universe of heaven is standing on guard. That none may be tempted above which he is able to bear. Friends, isn't this beautiful? I was reading a beautiful quote one time, and, uh, and we, were having, we were having breakfast, and I just stopped my breakfast because it says there that the whole host of heaven is behind you. So when the enemy comes in, it's just like, just imagine, you are this little kid like me, frail and small, and when the enemy comes in, it's just like the enemy is backing up because he'll see the whole host of heaven like this. And he'll see Jesus, like, just imagine, this is the chair. This is the chair facing towards you. You're sitting there. And Jesus having his arms like this. When the enemy comes in, Jesus is like, what? Friends, just imagine that. So it's a beautiful thought. And friends, I, I have heard experiences of how the Lord really fought or really stood by his people. I remember a friend from Indonesia telling me, a missionary, they went to this, to this place, and this place are headhunters. And they, they've warned this missionary, do not come back. Do not come back, and we will beat you up. They even threatened to eat him alive. But friends, you know what? This missionary is, is a faithful missionary who's relying on the Lord like a little child relies on the Lord. So one time, friends, he was walking, and he saw the whole group of young men on the other side of the gorge. Friends, he was, he, was, he was walking on the other side and he was planning to cross the bridge. He was planning to cross the bridge and of course, there will be, they will be meeting each other on the bridge. And this, this group of young men, these headhunters was somehow threatening him while, while they were on the other side and he was walking, he was praying, Lord, please be with me. And when he reached the bridge, and now face to face with his, with his threat in front while he was walking, and he was just walking, praying silently, Lord, please be with me. All of a sudden, these guys were just like, they just like start, startled and stopped in their, in their tracks, and then so he walked towards them. While as he was walking towards them, this group of men was screaming, running away. And he was running after them. Hey, what's happening? And the more they screamed, finally, he was able to talk to one. And he said, why were you screaming? He said, no, no, we give up. We give up. We do not want to fight you. He said, I'm not planning to fight you, but the people behind you, they saw men like... Big men, <laughs> glowing men, wearing white, and there are some who are in horses. Friends, let us remember who is with us is more than who is against us. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, my dear friends, the whole universe of heaven is standing on guard. And I like this thought here, friends. It says, from the secret place of prayer, this is from this is from great controversy page 210 from the secret place of prayer came the power that shook the world in the great reformation you know who this is luther friends 
from the secret place of prayer. One obscure monk was spending so much time in prayer, it changed the trajectory of the world. One monk who took God at his word, who prayed his heart out, his guts out, there with holy calmness, the servant of the Lord has set their feet upon the rock of his promise during the struggle at Augsburg. Luther did not pass a day. Listen, Luther did not pass a day without devoting three hours at least to prayer. At least. So when he's busy, it's only three hours. At least three hours, friends. Three hours to prayer. And they were our selected from those the most favorable to study. It's not in the time that's about to sleep. Those were the prime times. And remember back in the Philippines, we have like prime time telenovela. We have like prime time soap. And, and they are using this prime time for the most advertisements. You know why? Because most people are watching TV during that time. I'm thinking, wow, what am I using my prime time for? What am I using my prime time for? In the times that I'm most awake, in the times that my mind is, is more conducive to receive information, what am I doing it for? Beautiful thought, friends. It says, in the privacy of his chamber, he was heard to pour out his soul before God in words full of adoration, fear and hope as when one speaks to a friend. I love this, friends. He is, he is bringing his fear, all the things that bothers him, to his friend, to Jesus. Friends, when we are troubled about something, what is our outlet? Who is our outlet? May it not be Facebook or social media be our outlet. Sometimes it's like a what do you call this? Uh, a diary. We post all of these things for the world to see. My dear friends, the world doesn't have to see it. Jesus. Jesus would love to hear it. Can you say amen to that? And friends, just imagine if, if all of us will spend time as Luther has spent time with Jesus. Can you imagine the effect? Listen to this thought. It says, In giving Jesus to the world, God gave all of heaven in one gift. You heard this, this quote before, huh? When, when Jesus was given, God gave all of heaven in one gift. And the question next is, is this. Then why is it when God has left nothing that could be done, that there are not more brought to the darkness, from darkness to light? If God has given us everything in Jesus, why are there more people? who have not known Jesus than people who have known Jesus? This is the answer. It is because the human will does not cooperate with the divine intelligences. Is what? We do not cooperate. If the Lord's will and way were carried out, humanity would be reached through humanity. And listen to the next line. And every lost prodigal would be brought home. Every lost prodigal will be brought home. You know what this thing spoke to my heart when I read this? Wow, friends, how many people have lost the chance of knowing Jesus because we are so reliant on our own strength? Because we believe so much on our own strategies. We look up so much on manpower rather than Holy Spirit's power. We believe so much on the promises of men than on the promises of God. And just imagine if, if men would cooperate, every lost prodigal would be brought home. If there is something right now that's so urgent that we should be praying, that all of us, leaders and members alike, pray for a total submission to God. Pray for a heart that would pray Pray that prayer would be essential, would be the first thing that we should be doing.
And it says here, friends, this is from A.W. Towser. He said, If God were to take the Holy Spirit out of our midst today, about 95% of what we're doing in our church would go on and we would not even know the difference. 95% of what we're doing would go on and we would not even know the difference. We could even stop and ponder in our lives. If God is to remove the Holy Spirit from me, what activities would go on and we would not, I would not even know the difference? Friends, have mercy. Most of us, including me, will even be shocked if the Lord reveals to us what are the things in our lives that we have not asked for the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. A lot of things we could enumerate. There would be endless things that we do even making decisions, even in our plans, even in our choices, that we do not ask for the Holy Spirit's anointing. Friends, God desires to be involved. Can you say amen to that? He desires to be involved, not just as a consultant, but He wants to be a partner. Can you say amen? The senior partner that is. We will just be the tag along. Friends, it's, it's not so, what's this? It's not so attractive, especially for men. Especially for men. We men resist this because we want to lead. We want to take control. We want to, to somehow think that we have something to say. But my dear friends, if we would be like men and not be a little child, not knowing how to go out or to come in, my dear friends, whoever will lead, we are leading will get lost. Because only God knows the way. Can you say amen? amen? Only God sees the end from the beginning. So pray for our men. Women, will you join us? Pray for our men that they'll be little men who would be fully reliant on God. Because if they aren't, then we will be led astray. And it says here, friends, oh, I'm just reading to you this, this quote that really spoke to my heart. It says, an, intense, an intensity such as never before is taking possession of the world. Would you believe so? Business and all. In amusement, in money-making, in the contest for power, in the very struggle for existence, there is a terrible force that engrosses body, mind, and soul. In the midst of this maddening rush, God is speaking. Be still and know that I am God. Many, even in their seasons of devotion, fail of receiving the blessing of real communion with God. Did you hear this? Even in our devotion, we would fail. Why? It says, they are in too great haste. With hurried steps, they press to the circle of Christ's loving presence, pausing perhaps a moment within his sacred precincts, but not waiting for counsel. They have no time to remain with the divine teacher. And with their burdens, they return to their work. These workers can never attain the highest success until they learn the secret of strength. What is the secret of strength? They need the uplifting influence of His Spirit. Receiving this, they will be quickened by fresh life. The wearied frame and the tired brain will be refreshed. Who needs this refreshment, friends? Oh, the wearied frame and the tired brain will be refreshed. <laughs> the burdened heart will be lightened. Oh, his suggestion here is very vital. Not a pause for a moment in his presence, but a personal contact with Christ to sit down in companionship with him. This is our need. Can you say amen? This is our need. Remember when we talked about uh, when we talked about Martin Luther a while ago in Great Controversy? A, there is this quote that uh, I love that's connected with that. It is written by Charles Spurgeon. So Charles Spurgeon is quoting Martin Luther. I'm quoting Charles Charles Spurgeon quoting Martin Luther. So it says here: Sometimes we think that we are too busy to pray, but this is a great mistake, for praying is a saving of time. Praying is what? Praying is a saving of time. It says, you must remember Luther's remark. I have so much to do today that I shall never get through it without less than three hours of prayer. 
I have so much to do today that I shall never get through it without less than three hours of prayer. If we have no time, we must make time. For if God has given us time for secondary duties, He must have given us time for primary ones. And drawing near to Him is a primary duty. And we must let, we must let nothing set it on one side. Your other engagements run smoothly if you do not forget your engagement with God. Can you say amen? Your other engagements run smoothly if you do not forget your engagement with God. Friends, you know why it is very important that we have to have that engagement with Him. The Lord really desires that as we go out, that they will not see Chris, that they will not see Jody, they will not see Mickey, they will not see Gabe or Jess or Jen, they will not see Aubriel or Savannah. The Lord desires that they will see Jesus. Can you see, say amen to that? If there is something that we need to be praying for, it's really for the Holy Spirit that we will be more and more like Jesus. And you know what, friends? This is one amazing promise because He desires for His image to be your image, to be my image. And friends, if there is one thing that I realize that I have been, that I have done wrong, is that I have not been asking what He desires for me to ask from Him. I was so busy asking only for temporal things, for only the band-aids, but what the Lord was really desiring me to ask from Him is for His Spirit that I'll be transformed like Him. Listen to this thought, friends. This Christ's object lesson, page 69, it says, Christ is waiting with longing desire for the manifestation of Himself in His church. Let me read it again. Christ is longing, Christ is waiting with longing desire. What does this mean? What does this mean? longing desire for the manifestation of himself in his church when the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people then he will come to claim them as his own if the character of Christ will be perfectly reproduced in his people then he will come to claim him as his own I realize, friends, the reason why Christ has not come because I've been asking for the wrong things. The reason why people have not known who Jesus is because I've been focusing myself on something else. I've been praying prayers only for me and not really for Him, to have Him. This morning, I'd like to share a little thought that uh, what I read God's perfect timing again. <laughs> you know what? It says here, God imparted to Moses in the form of a prophecy a knowledge of his purpose concerning the final triumph of Israel. You know what's his final triumph in Israel? Numbers 14, 20, and 21. That all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. All the earth shall be what? Filled with the glory of the Lord. His character reproduced in His people. That this earth will have children of God roaming around, displaying His glory. Wherever that corner is, there is that people who will be shining because of the glory of God, because of the character of God. Isn't this beautiful, friends? It says here, God's glory, His character, His merciful kindness, His tender love, that which Moses had pleaded in behalf of Israel, were to be revealed to all mankind. It will not just be revealed, my dear friends, in evangelistic seminar. It will not just be revealed through radio ministry. It shall be with, revealed by the witnesses of your lives. Can you say amen to that? And most of the time, I was thinking, I've been depending so much on what Pastor Mark Finley can do, what Pastor Doug Batchelor can do. My dear friends, we have a role to play in this. Can you say amen? 
it needs to reflect. By the way, my dear friends, the moment it reflects, it will just be a wildfire. People would want to have what you have. We are living in a very dark world right now, in a very dark situation. People would want light. People would desire light. And if they see it in you, my dear friends, you don't have to preach. <laughs> you don't have to preach. You have to lead them. You just have to lead them to the one who gave you that light. Friends, this is beautiful. And it says here, His glory should be declared among the heathen, His wonders among all people. Psalm 93, verse 6. And, oh, it was concerning the future fulfillment of His prophecy that Isaiah had heard the shining seraphim singing before the throne. The whole earth is full of His glory. Friends, it has been repeated again and again and again. This is what the Lord's deepest longing, that His image will be reflected because the enemy has destroyed His image in man. He made man, the enemy of souls made man somehow being turned off with the image of God. There's a lot of people who are questioning, but people of God needs to reflect His image. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Isaiah 35, 35 verse 2. And it says here, Let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Psalm, 30, Psalm 72 verse 19. Friends, this is not just a promise. This is a command. And when God says a command, He backs it up. He backs it up. He did not leave you be. Do these things on your own. You could not reflect His character without His help. Amen? Without His infilling. And friends, this would never happen. This could not happen if we would not spend time in His presence. This can't happen if we do not realize our need of Him, our desperation of Him. And after, after reading these this thoughts, friends, I ask this question, what does God call me to do today based on what He has given me. I believe God is calling me to help me to ask for nothing, nothing else except Jesus. And Lord is helping me. I should be asking Him to help me that I would long for no one else except Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Friends, and I believe this is really the reason why the Lord desires to spend time with His people. That we may behold His character. So that we may reflect it. And just imagine, when this happens, what joy will be experienced in His church. What joy will be experienced in every home. In every individual. Can you imagine that? Oh, I can't imagine but it's a beautiful imagination, friends. Can you say amen? Would this be possible? Do we need it as a church? Oh, we need it badly. We need it badly. So I hope and I pray that these little thoughts that we shared will be treasured. And, uh, and there's a few more things that I was not able to share, but I'll be sending it with you. There's this one thought that I thought that I'll be I'll be including in my in one day of seminar. It's like the prayer life of Jesus. So I'll, I'll share that with you. It's also found in Desire of Ages. That what Jesus desired is continual communion with his Father. Actually, it says, I combined, I combined the two. It says, continual unbroken communion. Isn't that beautiful, friends? So as we come before his presence... Let us continue to remember that this is what His desire for us. And if it's this desire for us, He will also equip us. I'd like to leave with you this, this, last, this last quote from Manuscript Volume 4, page 194. It says, If you give yourself fully to Jesus, He will create in you an intense desire for the friendship of God. He will create in you what? An intense desire. For the friendship of God. And you will have deep longings to reflect His goodness and the love of Jesus in your heart and character to your family and to those who know not the love of God. Even the desire comes from Him. 
if we but fully surrender. It will cost us everything, friends. Remember, it will cost us everything. Come to think of it, your everything is his anyways. <laughs> Let us give it back to him. For whatever, whatever we give, this is from John Wesley, whatever we surrender to Christ is immediately touched, touched with immortality. You hear this? Whatever is surrendered to Jesus is immediately touched with immortality. Whatever we hold back, we lose. So as we close, we have seven minutes. No, no, not seven minutes. Three minutes before, before 10.30. Let's spend this on our knees. Let's pray. Can we gather together like here? Let's have a a short session of united prayer let us let us give praises to this god who desires to draw nearer to us let us sing one song god is so good god is so good god is so good he is so good to me. Dear Father, I just want to start this by thanking you for giving us that picture of you desiring to be drawn so near to us. And thank you, dear Father, because you desire to fill this earth with your glory. Thank you so much, Lord, that you did not leave us alone in doing this. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Amen. Well, thank you so much for hearing our prayers. And thank you for being such a God who's ever-present in times of trouble. And thank you, Lord, that when we have you, we can be still. For you know, for we know that you are in charge and you are God. We give you back all the praises, the glory, and the honor that you so deserve. We pray all this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus. All your children say, Amen. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 22 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcasts.